coming to you live from BGM Pittsburgh. You're listening to the 3PL Premier League podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Mike. With me, as always, is Kevin. Josh, coming up on today's show, we'll discuss Everton's drubbing of City, Liverpool's yeah. draw with United, and the documentary Being a Zlatan. But first, hey guys, raise your hand uh, if your team beat one from Manchester this weekend. I didn't think you would go with that opening. <laughs> Didn't think. <laughs> Too bad it's not a video podcast, <laughs> so you can see whose hands are not up or whose hands not up. Well, we'll we'll get to that. Aside from soccer, did you guys did you guys do anything fun or anything interesting this weekend? Um, I beat Mario Run. If that counts. <laughs> well, okay, so define beating Mario Run. Okay, so every single special coin in the game, the pink. Uh, purple and black ones. Which Got all those. I always thought was green, but they kept calling them black. Do you see them as black, or are they green? Eh, I mean, this sounds like the dress conversation all over again from, like, <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Is it black, or wait, was it blue or gold? Whatever that was. Yeah. Um, I, I've always thought they were black. And then, also... I have gotten the highest score you can get on the tour. Like, where, like it's 999. Mm-hmm. 9,099, yeah, whatever. But yeah, so I got the high score there and all the coin or and all the special coins. So I I feel like it's beaten. Are you gonna keep playing? There's one more thing I could do. I found out like, I haven't bought every single item in the game yet, like with the in currency. So I'm like, eh, maybe I'll just play enough now to buy all the items, just so I can like completely say it's a hundred percented. But yeah, I. Uh... I got Th- and hold up. Just th- throughout that entire conversation, I went from not knowing to thinking I know, going back to not knowing, to googling it, <laughs> to finally understanding what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I had no. I was like, Mario, is this is this a person like that we're talking about in fantasy oh, that I just wait. haven't talked about? And then are I was like, an okay, android? game. And then they were talking about like red. Blood. I was like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> are you an Android yeah, phone yeah. user? Okay, so you have not had the experience of Mario Run yet. Um, I don't know why it's not on Android. I, th- I figured it would be, but Cause maybe... It's because Nintendo has good ideas. They just can never execute on them properly. <laughs> uh, you know, see the... My only theory is that uh, probably Apple paid a crap ton of money to have some exclusive or something like that, which I didn't hear about that. I thought it was going to come out on both plas- platforms. Yeah. Um, yeah, I basically got to the point where uh, I had enough of the toads to get whatever the one thing was, like get all the houses, and then I... Okay. I lost the will to keep playing so i've been searching for some other game to take up my time in random points during the day um yeah you know good times <laughs> that, just, I love, just just petered time out. that just kind of petered it just peered out, out. <laughs> i was gonna bring up the nintendo switch since there was a big announcement you'd think this was like a technology show um <laughs> i thought that was exciting the new zelda Kev, you're always yeah, two ninety nine though. It's a kind of a I I was not expecting Nintendo to go that pricey with a console that looks like it has maybe the same graphics as the PlayStation Four. Yeah, maybe it's like an iPad with controllers. So <laughs> you might be better off. But it's Nintendo, so they'll have great games. Which in the end, isn't that all that really matters? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Speak graphics schmack. I was gonna say, speaking of great games. Josh, hey. this this originally wasn't on the agenda, but after uh, what happened, well, I feel like we have to talk about it. Everton, yeah, th- oh, man, go ahead. I was yeah, gonna yeah. say Everton had twenty nine percent of the possession in their game against City and still walked away winning four to nothing. 
So Josh, who needs possession? I was say, who needs? Talk it? us through this, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, the biggest highlights to me wasn't just the fact that they got, you know, four goals and were able to shut out City. It's the fact that who got the goals. That's that's really the interesting part because one Davies. Davies is like, I don't know if you've been watching him, but he's a younger player. He's only gotten a couple starts so far. He's coming on as a sub a couple times, but he's like 18 years old. He came through the academy. It, it kind of feels eerily similar to, you know, Barkley type of situation, but he seems like he's not cracking under the pressure. I was going to say, is that the kiss <laughs> of death by saying he looks like Barkley? Or... No, that's the thing. That's my biggest worry, I, I, especially after this goal. And everyone being like, all right, he's, you know, gotten his first goal with the team. He looks like he's going to be awesome. He's English, which also means that, like, they're looking at him for the English national team. So it's a lot of pressure on this kid. Be like, okay, now you're you're, you're our new great hope. <laughs> you're, you know. So I'm hoping he doesn't have that issue. But it's not the same circumstance as Bar- Barkley. He has a different coach. He has a different you know team around him. So hopefully they're able to foster that, you know, confidence and actually – get him to where he needs to be but the goal was great it was fantastic i think it was like the third goal of the game yeah um in the second half and then to top it all off you also have uh what's his name lookman i think yeah lookman he comes on in like the 85th minute and scores within like three minutes of coming on uh, and he's also like what 12 i can't tell he looked like he was 12 <laughs> yeah, he <looked> super young. <laughs> yeah. he's like the smallest guy on the field <laughs> just Watching him go up against any of the Man City players was hilarious because like they're all at least like a foot taller than him. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, he he was lucky to come up the John Stones' like belly button. Um, mm-hmm. it, now here's a so first of all, kudos to Everton because I know the last time Everton played City, you were really nervous and you didn't want to talk about it on the show, and they ended up getting one point out of that. They've taken a total of four points out of a possible six from City this season. Would you have thought that coming into this season? Heck no. Heck no, especially the way City were playing at the beginning of the season. Like I, I, I had City, you know, pegged for the top. So there, there was not any hope in my mind that like this was going to be the situation we were in right now. Having four points off of City is more than fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. But here's here's my here's my you know, devil's advocate. Is this win more of Everton's doing or more of City's doing, in the sense that? City are clearly going through some stuff. Um, you know, they've, they've picked up a few wins here and there over the past few weeks, so it's not like they've just been complete, you know, pushovers. But, you know, we put out a poll on Twitter asking whether or not Claudio Bravo is a Premier League caliber keeper, and the general consensus is no. Um, I mean, that's kind of unfair after this match. Like, y- you asked that question after they get scored four times by a mid-level table or mid-table team I, I think all kind of feelings about this team is going to be pretty low well I mean so there's been a lot of talk of Bravo over the past month or so because he's that's fair he's faulty with his hands to a certain extent and he wasn't brought in to be really a shot stopper he plays the ball with his feet which is how Pep wants to lead the charge out so you know the fact that Joe Hart was so I don't know what the right word here, dismissed, I guess, um, in favor of Claudio Bravo doesn't reflect well on Pep. Um, but their defense as a whole, I mean, like you said, that that goal by Davies looked fantastic, and he just basically dribbled through everybody, fell down, yeah, it, got it, some it was space, a good goal. And, yeah. 
I didn't feel like that goal was handed to him. No, so no, no, no. no. I, I, that 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 was definitely earned. Um, overall, though, I mean, when the team that won only had twenty nine percent of the possession, something's going on. <laughs> I mean, if the, if they have that much possession yet they couldn't capitalize on it, that's not a good sign. But I don't think that's the defense. I think that's the offense. Like that's that's a lot of possession to be had and not to have any really clear clear chances on goal. Yeah. So do you think this? bodes well what do you what do you think Everton turn this into if anything do you think it's a one-off or do you think this is like a wave that they may potentially ride um, at least for a few more games and pick up a bunch more points I mean I feel like this could be a situation where they can use this as a confidence builder that they really need Um, it's been a rough you know month or so for Everton so having this win even if it isn't you know indicative of any changes that have been made at at least you're going to get a confidence boost from this which can you know, if they can capitalize on that confidence boost, that's that's fantastic. I don't see Man City having a crisis of hate now. I mean, they had one bad game. They they lost, what was it? I, they've only lost, like, the last, like, one game in the last five or something like that or six. Yeah. So it, it's it's not like they're doing terrible. And even their defense isn't doing terrible. They've only let in, like, three goals total in the last, like, five games or so. So I don't think it's a big deal if you don't count this game. No, I think in, in terms of City, it really it depends on – who they're playing i mean this was the first time that they played anyone close to really the top six um and 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 i i I shouldn't say that they played other teams that were close to the top six but um everyone below them everyone below the top six they played they've beaten so this was sort of the first real challenge um and everton stepped up and took it to them now uh city does have spurs next week which we'll see how quickly they can sort of turn the tables here because Spurs have been on a tear themselves. Um, mm-hmm. They got they won four nothing this week. But Everton, you know, Everton get Crystal Palace next week. Then they have Stoke, Bournemouth, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, and really the next big game isn't going to be until they play Spurs on March fourth. So there's an opportunity here. It's a sort of ride this wave of you know whatever it is that they're on, um, and really turn this into something and potentially make it interesting. Yeah, I think this is a game. If you're going to win, you know, a a unlikely game, this is the one to do it because then you're going into all these other opponents that you should be competitive against. And so having this added confidence is super important because this is the time to make a tear. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to have a better opportunity. I mean, the 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 encouraging thing, I guess, at least for Everton, they're 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 sitting on 33 points, which they're still nine points back from City, who are at fifth. But, you know, with some of these games that are coming up for them and seeing who City and United have left to play, there's a chance Everton may finish above one of the Manchester teams, which mm-hmm. could be interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'm torn. I, it was a great performance. It was something where I, I missed the first half. Um, I, was, I actually took the kids to swim lessons, and I came home, and I was like, oh, this game's on. Um before it was before the liverpool game right mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was actually the morning game it was like the 8 30 yeah game. so uh so saw the second half and as soon as i turned it on i was like whoa hold up now let's let's see what let's see what's going on here basically turned it on as the second goal happened and the kids were like what i don't get it and i'm like no 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 this is like this is this is a big deal like <laughs> this is a big deal sit down and uh, soak this up kiddos because <laughs> one thing that made me laugh at the game was uh when davies scored it looked like maybe Lukaku got a like a, maybe a hair on it. It wasn't even a lot, but everyone's like, "Did Lukaku just steal Davies' goal?" It felt shady, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it felt shady. It, it, it looked like Lukaku wanted to take credit at yeah. first, but he kind of like pulled away. He's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because right now, Davies is on the hugest high, and everyone's so happy for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Lukaku's like, went to run over, like, I got it. I got it. Wait, no, nope. no. Okay, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was him. him. It was all him. <laughs> it was all him. Totally him. Yeah. Yeah. He got his goal. He's, uh, he's, he's good to go. Uh, exactly. He didn't need to. He didn't. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I really don't know what else to say. I mean, I'm hugely impressed that uh, Everton was able to, to pull this off. Um, you could tell that, you know, we've talked a lot on the show about Pep and, and even to a certain extent about City. It, Pep was just completely dejected at the end of the game. Um, I don't know if he's going through some stuff or what. Apparently but, that's his biggest loss in his entire career. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you guys saw the the, the sad pep uh, <laughs> meme going around. It's just him staring at the ground, just like looking like he's just thinking about some heavy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he's just very just distraught by the end of that game. Just like, what's going on? What what is this? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you know if you look back through his history, this is probably the most difficult place for him to step in and coach because at Barcelona he sort of inherited um, you know a team that was filled with practically superstars at that point it had Messi it already had a system in place that had been in place for years and he just sort of you know instilled his mentality a little bit but there wasn't too much tinkering he really had to do and then he goes to Bayern who Bayern were already the German champs when he steps in and he basically rode that talent for a while I'm not trying to minimize his impact watch your mouth Mike (laughs) (laughs) But, but but what I'm getting at is that when you compare the teams when you compare Barcelona the years the Pep was there and you compare Bayern the years the Pep was there to this city team I think there's a lot more question marks in this city team than there have been with any of the other teams that he's been a part of. And I think with the British media, the way that they are, it's making life difficult for him. Um, You know, whether he's going to openly admit it or not. I mean, he's already said that he hates talking to the press and the press are just beating him up over there. So there's a there's a rumor. I don't know. It's a transfer rumor that uh, Manchester City willing to pay 100 million to land. Lionel Messi from Barcelona, according to the Sun. I I don't know if that's the case, but if that is, that's that kind of feels like desperation. <laughs> kind of like I we we need we need something, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, and it, it's interesting because, like we said at the beginning of the season, you know, we looked at their midfield and it was like this midfield is unbeatable. You know, you had Kevin De Bruyne, you had Silva, you had Sterling. Um, and now I forget the guy's name. It was on the other side because he hasn't been playing recently. But um, but that sort of shows you the state that they're in now. Like, they, they every time Silva got the ball, it felt like he was, you know, really far back. Um, De Bruyne really didn't do anything in this game, and they just something's not right for City. And and we'll see if they can right the ship here and figure well, it there, out. There was there was a really interesting uh, interview, I guess, that Pep did with Thierry Henry. I, I'm. I, I don't know how recent it is, but it sounded like it was fairly recent. It's on YouTube. You can find it. And um, the two things I remember being pulled out of that was um, one, you know, he said, so while he was at Bayern and right before he was about to go to City, Xavi Alonso, um, a midfielder at Bayern Munich, who also Liverpool kind of legend, he played in the Premier League a lot. 
And apparently he told Pep, like, look, in the Premier League, second balls. It's just they're huge in a way that's it's they're nowhere else. And he's like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, sure, second balls, second balls. And then he's, he, you know, he got here and he said, like, yeah, now I'm starting to understand what he actually meant. He said because like everywhere he out, everywhere else he's been, even the quote unquote poorer teams still want to play this football on the ground kind of thing. And he's been so he said like he can't play the same way because the ball's in the air half the time kind of thing. And so he he really has to adjust his philosophies and tactics and and all this other stuff. And and as it was kind of a, a joke thing, but the other thing that I remember was. You know, he said like back back in Barcelona and Bayern, he kept telling the press, "It's not me, it's my players. It's not me and my players." And then finally, they're starting to believe him. He said like, "No, yeah, trust me, it's not me, it's my players." <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know what I'm doing at all. <laughs> Where am I? But yeah, I, I think yeah, he, yeah it's I, I don't know. I just I have no idea what's happening because yeah, they what the the way they started the season, I mean completely different team than, than what they are now. And I don't want to take anything away from everything because, yeah, I mean, that was a huge victory and it was really well-performed. Um, but I, I think it's... I think this entire game just throws up so many weird things. I mean, because if you look at Everton's past couple games, they're not bad. I mean, take out a, a 2-2 draw against Hull and they're pretty decent, but then you look back at the table and you're like, really? Like, set, still seven points off from the next... And that's I'm not trying to be, like, snidey. Like, yeah, no, it, cool. it, but yeah. it's like... You would expect them to be closer with this result, with their last couple results, and and then you know you would expect with with a huge gap between the top six and the rest of the table, you would expect the top six to keep beating the teams below them. But you know, Ever Everton beat City, Everton beat uh, Arsenal, Everton drew United. You know, they it's just a weird season. I have no idea what to make of it. <laughs> I mean, it's not Leicester weird, but it, it's it's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the my one thing about, you know, Pep is that, unfortunately, this is a case where he likes to point to the players and give all the players credit and all of that, but some of the decisions that were made in terms of the players that were brought in and the way that he wants to play, it, it clearly points to him. I mean, it, at the end of the day, I, I keep coming back to Claudio Bravo as sort of the biggest issue. I, I think on that fourth goal... Um, it was savable. He just didn't even put his hands up. He was too busy trying to play the ball with his feet. And there, there are just little things like that that it felt like Pep was going to come in here and say, this is the way we're going to change the way that England plays soccer or football. And now that it's not working, I think that everybody's just sort of having a field day with it. You know, do I think that they're down and out? No. I mean, because we were saying the exact same things about United four or five weeks ago and United have now gone on a tear. I mean, there's too much talent on this team and in the front office and all of that for this to go completely South, but it's just interesting to watch. Um, I was going to say something else. Now I can't remember what it was. Sorry. (laughs) While while you think about that, uh, Josh, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who do you think finishes higher this season, United or city? A city. I, I still think City has, game in and game out, been the better team um, than United. Kev, what do you think? Yeah, I still... Well, I mean, I still think probably City, but I think it'll be closer than maybe we expected a week or so They're ago. They're only two points off of each other. Yeah, right well, so and, and this kind of feeds into what I remember what I was going to say. I mean, I, I think City haven't been helped by their suspensions and injuries i mean he brings in um gundawan from uh dortmund 
on big money and he gets hurt and he's out for a long time and okay now he's, he you know that's one of his players he wanted to bring in he's not available um Aguero's been out a lot this season it feels like Fernandinho who's pivotal on that team has been out has been out for a while um so it it has been kind of start stop kind of thing I mean maybe maybe that's it I don't I mean you know they maybe they didn't you know they, they weren't having these issues early in the season and then they go on that run I don't know but it, it hasn't been completely you know it hasn't been easy street for them but uh yeah, I, I, I would I would still expect them to finish above uh, above United, United. Um, especially off of watching them closely in, in the Liverpool game um, that I'm sure we'll talk about soon. I would say we can we can get right into that now. So Liverpool. Oh wait, you have to answer the question too. Oh, I have to answer it too. Um, yeah, I am going to be contrarian, and I'm going to say that I think United finish above City. I think that as much as I dislike Mourinho. He's been around this league enough to figure out how to grind out games that Pep is still trying. Pep's still trying to win the beauty pageant, and uh, and you know it's like Mourinho's trying to win the must or the the mud wrestling match. And like you're not gonna win a beauty pageant if you're mud wrestling. So I think that Pep has some figuring out to do, and at least for this season, um. I think that Mourinho's his arrows pointing up and Pep's is pointing down, if not a little bit level at the moment. So, yeah, fair enough. That's how I think it shakes out. But uh, the game that followed this game was Liverpool versus United, which after the fireworks of Everton, I was expecting lots of flash, and we got a one-one draw off of a pen from uh, Milner, who you know, yay for me transferring him out prior to this week. But um, Kev, you were just mentioning, you know, watching a lot of United from this game. What uh, what sort of positives did you take away from this match? From a Liverpool perspective, um, you're right. I mean, it, there there wasn't like a ton of flash, but I still thought it was a really entertaining game, at least for me. Um, I think it, it was two teams that really, you know, I think Mourinho probably said this. I think said this in the post match, but it was two teams that really kind of left everything out there. I mean, that you could see that. It, we were, if we were showing a little bit of um, tiredness in the past couple games, it certainly wasn't evident for this. Um, same thing with United. I, I thought they, they played and, and reacted really well to, to how we set up. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it was, it's weird. I feel very different about the game today than I did, you know, right after the game. Um, when you're, when you're winning 1-0 um, and then, it goes 1-1 in the 85th minute on a goal that really shouldn't have been allowed because of offsides, then it's like, ugh. But, um, no, it was, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard because there's a big picture and there's a ton to take away when you start looking at small details in this game. And so I don't want to go too much in one direction without getting, like, your opinion first. What, what did you guys think of the game? I guess I'll go. Um <laughs> I mean, I like I said, I think I was expecting more. My I tempered expectations a lot once I saw Liverpool's lineup and the fact that they had some subs in at defense. Um, the fact that obviously Mane is now out. I th- um, just going into detail a bit more. I mean, it was more, you know so Klein goes out with an injury and we start an 18 year old. It's his, it was his Premier Premier League debut away at Old Trafford, the biggest game of the year for any Liverpool team. 
But I'll say this, dude didn't look bad. No, 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 no. I, I, mean, I, I think if, if you if you talk to a lot of Liverpool fans, we all have super high hopes for Trent, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. He, um, he, he was specifically pointed out in Gerard's uh, autobiography that was released, um, and uh, everyone within the team speaks extremely highly of him. Um, and it, it, he was the captain of the under under 18s, I want to say, or under 23s. Anyway, um, I th- I, and I think the other thing, actually relating to a lot of the stuff we talk about on Mongols in relation to the Riverhounds team, um, Klopp was asked about the changes and the substitutions and all that kind of stuff. Um, and a point that I thought was interesting was, so we go up with a different, he, he openly admitted we, we started with like a different formation. We usually play 4-3-3 or maybe 4-1-2-3, however you want to call it. And we switched to a diamond, um, so like a four-one-two-one-two, um, with Lalana sitting right behind two strikers, quote unquote, um, kind of sitting right on my, uh, Michael Carrick. And then, so he said they were already going with a different um, system. And when Klein goes out hurt, he said he had to make the decision of okay, well they're thinking about maybe moving Milner to right back, pulling in Moreno. But he said, in the end, he said he didn't want to make two changes for one injury. So he said, no, we'll just bring in Trent. He's 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 our second. He's our backup right back. We're not going to change two positions because someone's someone's out hurt. And I thought that was I thought that that kind of told a lot. Um, but no, yeah, Trent Trent did a good job. Pa- paging Mike Green. Paging <laughs> yeah, Mike yeah, Green. right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, my my kind of broad stroke uh, reflection on this game was when we. Going away to Old Trafford is always Liverpool's hardest game of the season. I don't care what the context of the season is. That's always going to be the hardest game of the season. United are always going to be up for that game, no matter where we're at in the table and and us the same. Um, And when we go to Old Trafford and we're missing Matip because of a stupid FIFA paperwork error... um, We miss Klein out of injury. We have to start our our 18-year-old right back. We're, you know, Mane's away, Coutinho's still coming back injured, and, you know, all this other stuff. And we still, in coming away 1-1, feels a little disheartened. I mean, that's a lot of positives right there. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where... um, you, you, we talked about how you have to learn how to grind out games, and this was a game that I felt that Liverpool wasn't playing the Liverpool soccer that yeah. we've seen of late, but they still figure out a way to get a point yeah. out of it. So I was happy to see Coutinho come back um, as soon as so he touched the ball. Too. And like <laughs> it, as soon as he got it, he just sort of stopped, and the whole game just slowed down. It was like, oh, I forgot yeah. how this works. Yeah. Like He's so he good. So good. Yeah. So, his, his reverse yeah. pass that created Firmino's chance. Which, you know, on another day, you know, it wasn't a super clear-cut chance, but you would hope for, you know, maybe does a bit better with that. Um, yeah, I mean, and then also just kind of commenting on how the game went. I thought it was really interesting. Of, I, I think I have a lot of respect for Michael Carrick, and I think a lot of United fans would sing his praises, um, especially in United's recent run of form. Um, he's, he's fairly pivotal in how they play, and... The fact that he had to be subbed off at halftime uh, to bring Rooney on and then change the system, I think, spoke a lot to, to how kind of Klopp um, set up for this game um, and and how the, you know the players carried out his instructions. Um, you know, it, so so they you know United changed their system at halftime and and still try to keep playing you know 
quote unquote football. You know, they keeping the ball on the ground, working us around, cutting us open. That not really working for them too well. And then they bring on Fellaini and just you know blam it long. And uh, yeah, and sideshow ball. <laughs> any any team's gonna have difficulty with that with with Zlatan and uh, and Fellaini up there. Um, and yeah, it, it was tough for us to cope for sure. Uh, and you know, it, Matip might have helped us with that, but uh, but yeah, that's. Can we talk about Pogba? Yes. I mean, I just yes. don't. Game in, game out, Pogba. It's easy to forget about him because he's not doing. I just anything think he's not good. Unless you count the. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't understand. Like I, I thought you know. According to everything I've seen and heard about, like Pogba is supposed to be the second coming, and I just don't feel like he's showing up to these games if anything he's a detriment because that's the only reason why liverpool got that goal is because of pogba's handball in the box and it, so yeah, i mean it's it was a it was yeah. a mad handball i mean like his head was just oh gone. it was like nowhere close to being like oopsie. yeah it was like my hands above my yeah. head and i hit the ball when well, he just looked like, completely <laughs> lost he's like i don't wear i'm just jump okay jumping up and and you know it's just it's his hand and no i i think that was another thing where watching the game i wasn't even thinking of okay when's Pogba gonna turn it on when's pop i just completely forgot about him i mean the game completely passed yeah. him by and it's i don't you know did, you it, didn't it see the neon p just streaking down the yeah, field no, I did like see uh, that. <laughs> yeah. well it's it's kind of telling that you went like a good like probably 10 minutes here and yeah. completely did not mention him at all because that's what he deserved in this game because he did not do anything except for cause you know Liverpool the opportunity to score yeah. the goal. No, I, I'm 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 really happy and proud of and like Liverpool players. You know when when you spend 89 million on Pogba and we're we, you know we start Ragnar Klavan, 31 year old Estonian <laughs> player of the year, and he's like, you know, we get him for like two million or something like that, and and we're you know we're playing really well against against them. It was it was good, but uh, no, I, I it, it to the whole Pogba thing. I I wonder what he. Juventus won five championships in a row, or, or five titles in a row. They're clearly the best team in Italy, or they were while he was there. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. watch a lot of Italian football, but everyone kind of talks about how you should have a bit more time on the ball, and you get to be a bit more creative, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly he, he hasn't had to be in a team like this or in this situation in the table like this before in his career. Or, I mean, not certainly not in the last couple of years. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to say that I'm, like, coming to his rescue, but he has had waves. I don't feel like he's ever peaked at what everyone has expected him to peak at. But there have been times where, in previous games, he's gotten shots off and everyone's been like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. But consistently, he's not played at that level that you expect for what they paid for and definitely not in this game yeah. so where, where you say waves i think spotty yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's it's it's the same thing Ripples. in the end it, it's the same thing <laughs> yeah well and, yeah. You, and you want um, you want your big players to step up in big games and this is the biggest game right. of the year for liverpool united and and yeah, yeah. you, you kind of went missing was really hoping that uh you know I don't want to say it pains me to say this, but Liverpool would get the full three points and keep United further down the table. Um, but, hey, you know, picking up just one point means Liverpool's in third place. Who's in second, Kev? Is it Spurs, Mike? <laughs> I don't it's Spurs, Kev. It's, it's, and you know why? It's a goal, goal differential, Kev. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. We got... It's also uh, the Kane train. Uh, <laughs> he's nuts. Yeah. I mean, like, his stats are crazy. 
Like his yeah. his goals per game when yeah. like when starting for Spurs is just nuts. Yeah, again, made the mistake of transfer hang, transferring him out for Defoe uh, in fantasy. I may have to. I did not. In fact, we'll talk about that later. But uh, I might be on that. Kane train. <laughs> oh, here we go. No, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Before we talk about right, Kane, let's right. let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about one other big name player who also scored in this game, which was Latan. It took him until the wee moments of the game, but uh, he posted up nicely and got himself a header on goal. Um, but uh, we had talked about how there's this this documentary out on Netflix called Being Zlatan. And we'll get to Zlatan in general here and because I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. But just in terms of this as a film, what did you think? Did you find it entertaining? Would you recommend it to a soccer fan? What are your thoughts? Josh, we'll start with you. Um, it, it had a weird editing style where it kept on going back and forth between him and his early career and then like later on. Um, between the two different teams. Uh, so it was just kind of weird that they did it that way. I kind of wish it would have been more linear, where it was just been following his career up until the point where the documentary ends. Um, but since they did that, I kept on forgetting, like, wait, does he have a girlfriend now, or does yeah. he not have a girlfriend now? Wait, does he, like, who's, where's he at again? Like, I, maybe it's just because I don't have as much familiarity with the teams that they were talking about, because I don't watch any other soccer really besides European and American. So I didn't know the teams to begin with so that was my issue i was just like huh what where and sometimes you just had to be able to tell by like his haircut like okay he's this old now yeah. okay yeah he has a shaved head in this scene so he must be on the old team yeah <laughs> kev what did you think yeah no i mean that's a really good way of putting it josh um yeah i thought like from a purely like entertainment standpoint it was like all right like, it, it wasn't it wasn't that entertaining i was a little bit bored at certain points but the content, I, I'm, I'm really, I got a lot out of it, and, and I thought it was really useful. If you're a soccer fan, I would still very much rec- recommend you watching this film because I think it gives a lot of insights for stuff. But yeah, pure, pure entertainment, it wasn't that great. Did you, did you learn anything about Zlatan in this that you, or, or there were, were there any takeaways about Zlatan that you didn't think that you would be taking away from this? Yeah, um, after you watched it, yeah, no, like what? Kev? Yeah. I, Go, go ahead. Tom. I liked him more. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, I, I actually, I had more sympathy for him than I thought I was going to. The whole time I was waiting to like hate this guy. I'm like, ah, oh, this, you know, showboat guy. He's just going to be like, I'm the best there is. Check me out. I have a cool car. It's like the whole time's like he's sitting on his couch on a old computer, like playing video games and like looking very lonely and like, Oh, what happened to your girlfriend? Oh, I dumped her. And then, like, he's just sitting on this computer constantly. I was like, wow, this is kind of lame. Like, he's <laughs> <laughs> like I feel kind of bad for him. He's like a, a loner completely and doesn't seem to be all that happy. So I, I actually felt more sorry for him than I thought I would, which seems weird because, like, every time you see him in interviews and anything like that, it's always, like, him being cocky and being like, you know, I'm the best there is. Deal with it. And there was plenty of that in this movie. I mean, look, oh, yeah. they basically yeah. started filming him when he was 16 or 18, which in and of itself, for anyone to be like, hey, we're going to be this film crew and follow the 16-year around. I mean, it, the ego on him, even when he was that oh, young, yeah. was is ridiculous. But, um, yeah, there were, there were some quiet moments. Like you said, it was weirdly cut together, 
Um, it was interesting to see him playing his passion, how, you know, there were a number of times that he made a couple of dirty plays, but not that we're saying that those are justified, but that was born out of the passion of him just do, trying to do everything he possibly could to win. Kev, you've said on, I, I can't remember if it was this show or the Mongol show of like, you know, you want the guy who's going to be like, you know, clawing at other people because he just wants to win so badly. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and that clearly came through here. I did think it was interesting how, you know, around the team on the field, he was so cocky and just like, you know, even to the media, like just, completely disregarded them like he just didn't have any time for them and then as soon as they're gone it's just him by himself like you said playing video games on his computer like nothing so it it, it i i guess going into this i was wondering if zlatan you know in air quotes is this persona that he sort of portrays to the media to elevate his status i don't know that it is i think that's just him no, I didn't get that feeling. It, just, it didn't feel like there was two different personalities. It just felt like he, like he's a loner on the field. Like you always feel like when he's out there, like he's up front by himself and like he's just out for getting that goal. And you still feel that way now. And that's like the way he's always been. He's just always been like, nope, it's just me. I'm out here and I'm going to try to do my best. It, it did talk about how he started to be more of a team player later on. But eh, I don't know. It, barely a team player, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will. The, uh, I will say in, in in the United game that would just happen, United v Liverpool. I was impressed at how much he like worked for his team. I, I was impressed at how much he ran and you know chased down balls and all that kind of stuff. So th- in that in that sense, I was like, yeah, I, I think in the latter stages of career he, of his career, he certainly, you know, I don't want to say you, matured because that makes him sound immature in the beginning. But yeah. I, I would well, argue we were falling around a sixteen-year-old. He was pretty sure. Yeah, well, I, was, but I think there's, there's a lot of question. I mean, you know, I, the, the biggest thing that, that I took away from this was from this film was I, I have, yeah I just have tons more sympathy for just football players in general. I mean, like a lot of the sure. stuff. He's young. Like I don't know how I would react being eighteen years old, like trying to find an apartment in a new city and. And then, you know, someone paid $9 million. Like, what? And then having to go on and play with 30-year-old players have been around. And all of a sudden, in, in the media, like, you know, there, there was that one when he went to Ajax and there was, like, a Netherlands um, reporter who pretty much said, like, you know, go home. There's no room for you in the Netherlands. Like, I, that hurts. Like, you know, like, I don't care who you are. If someone, yeah. like, says that about you and you're like, I'm just trying to play football. Like, and I don't know. So I, I think... <laughs> I think there's... They there's, paid me to be here. <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> I think, and then, you know, you look at, you know, you look at personal life influences, you look at professional life influences, and it's just like, how do you expect anyone to just kind of thrive in this environment? And I think a lot of people make the argument, well, they're paid a lot of money so they can deal with it. But money doesn't solve a lot of those kind of psychological personality kind of problems that you might have as far as... Loneliness. I mean, I, loneliness keeps coming up. I don't want to say like, yeah, we know him. He's lonely. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, this is what the documentary made. Shout him out to our friends, Lachlan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But I, I just, I felt, a, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I definitely felt a lot more for him because he was obviously, he was identified at a young age as someone being who who's very good, and I think when you get a lot of suits telling you at an early age, dude, you're gonna be huge. 
and here, let me, let me, let me take, you know, let me open the door for you. Let me, let me, you know, get you this agent. Let me get you this. And you just have no idea how to handle it. And it's, I, I, I felt, yeah, I felt for him for sure. But, uh, you hear about that a lot though, like, uh, with child geniuses and that kind of yeah. stuff, people who have like huge IQs as a, a child, like they, they're told their whole life that they're going to be something special where it's almost like, but then, like, when they get old enough and everyone else starts catching up to them, they're like, well, I'm not as... Right. <laughs> so uh, he he did well in that regard. He was always something special, I would say, uh, throughout his whole career so far. He's been, you know, uh, above everyone else. But there's still that kind of feeling in the documentary that his... It wasn't even like he had a bad home life. It was just... It seemed like a very lonely yeah. <laughs> home yeah. life. Um yeah, they went into his you know relationship with his father, and he's always pushing him, which is good. But yeah. at the same time, he never felt like he with, was like good enough for to, him. To hear yeah. that quote, it, it was "You're nothing until you're someone in Europe." Like that's to have, yeah, to, like that's... to be told that <laughs> in like as a young kid, like you're nothing until you're like first of all dude i have a life outside of playing football like <laughs> i could still be you know a valuable human being like i don't you know i'm not completely defined but in all this others anyway yeah but i mean how much of that do you think led to who he is now and the fact sure. that he is laton and played in all these european clubs and made boatloads of money and doesn't mean it's healthy yeah. for him like <laughs> no yeah exactly at what cost you know what i mean it's one of the things where like yes you're right he's a great soccer player but it, is that worth yeah. it <laughs> and you know as we mentioned this this documentary really just sort of scratched the surface it it just followed his time when he was at malmo and then ajax which shout out to Ronald Koeman. I'm watching this and I'm like, wait, they, right? they got a new coach at Ajax. Who's that? And I was like, oh snap! Um, <laughs> who, Learn something about Koeman <laughs> as well along the way. Um, and at the very end, they mentioned how he was transferred to Juventus and played under Capello. But um, let's yeah, let's do this. Go ahead, Kev. No, I was gonna say yeah. It seemed like one he made that jump to Juve. Um, it seemed like Capello was a huge influence on him, and he yeah. and it seemed like. Capello knew how to handle him correctly, and and it seemed like he started blossoming in, in that environment. And then he only went on to, what? I mean, he, he played at Inter, Barcelona, PSG. Uh, and then Man, Man U. Yeah, Man U. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, been, a, it's been a crazy ride. I thought one of the things that was interesting when he went to Juve was they talked about like everybody that comes to Juve has got egos and issues. Yeah. Like that's what that's what they they're looking for personalities <laughs> like that. So that might have been their bread and reason, butter. Yeah, yeah, that 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 might have been part of the reason why he fitted in so well, um, or fit in, not fitted. Anyway, um, let's do this. Five stars. What do you give this, Josh? Wait, what, out of what? Out of five stars, what do you give this? Uh, I, I I mean, if I'm looking at it from a documentary point of view, probably like a three. But it, as a soccer enthusiast, I'd give it a four. Kev. Yeah, I want to give two answers too. Like I, from a pure like entertainment, like if you're not a soccer fan, don't watch this. But uh, if <laughs> yeah, it, it might be closer to yeah, a two <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but if you care, if you if you if you're watching like a league a lot this season and you know you're going to be watching a league a lot next season and this season after and all that kind of stuff watch this game yeah watch this documentary yeah i i would agree i josh i think i'm with you where it's like a two for a film 
um, just because, like you said, it was sort of all over the place. But uh, just from a pure soccer sit down and watch it when there aren't any games on sort of thing, I'd give it a three or a four. I think it's worth watching to fill some time. Mm-hmm. Not with all the games we have coming up, but, uh, you know, make <laughs> some time. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about fantasy, and then let's wrap this thing up. So fantasy, as I mentioned, I transferred I, – I bit the bullet and ate four points this, this week, as usual. Um, as usual. As usual. I transferred out Kane, which somewhat bit me, but I brought in Defoe, um, which uh, he's still got a goal, so I'm not terribly torn up about. And uh, brought in Deli Alley. Deli Alley didn't do really anything. Um so I probably would have been better off just keeping Kane. But it did free up some money so that I was able to turn Snodgrass into Coutinho for this upcoming week, which I'm pretty happy about. But now with Kane on the tear, I'm, I'm leaning towards using my wild card to maybe swap out Zlatan and bring Kane back in. or I don't know. What, Josh, what would you do? I have a, a very opposite story of you. So I had Costa... And with Costa being out and with the rumors swirling around what might be happening with him, he might be getting transferred or pretty much leaving to go to, what was it, China. uh, China's yeah. League or something like that? Oh, whoa, I totally like, missed this. Yeah. Seriously? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It, we're, we're talking like they're paying him like $75 million per game yeah. or something. It is yeah. ridiculous money, and it's like the most money that they're, you're ever going to see someone get thrown money at you know what i mean like it's it's that big of a deal it's the china so super league probably, i mean that's what they do yeah yeah exactly he's probably gonna leave like that's what it's looking like that's the rumor so before wow. that got official i decided to drop him i'm like okay gotta trade him now before this happens and like his value drops so i got rid of him and i got kane <laughs> um I'm like I'm like shell shocked here. Like I need yeah, to <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 gonna be pretty big if that happens, especially because you know what's that gonna do to what's Chelsea? that gonna do to Chelsea? Uh, like it's yeah top of the league and then suddenly they lose Costa. It's like that's huge. So that's sorry right. they gonna got, be they got Mar- intriguing to see what happens. They got Marcus Alonso banging in goals left right and center <laughs> from the back line. <laughs> I have him on my the team. Five. I'm happy about that. Yeah, fine. <laughs> But unfortunately, I found all this out right after watching uh, <laughs> the Tottenham game and was riding on that high, and I just like, Kane, let's do this. <laughs> I, probably not my best choice. I probably should have like waited a day to think about it, but I, I was being impulsive. And, yeah, so now Kane's on my front line with uh, Aguero. Um, so that's one change I made. I think that's, that's really all I did, but I'm really thinking I might try to like trade – Sanchez or someone for Coutinho because I miss him. I miss yeah, him a lot. <laughs> I I figured I would try to get on that train quick because I see his dollar value going up pretty quickly with everybody trying to transfer him in. So yeah, I might have to play my wild card now and get Cost out, Kane back in, and make a few other changes. Mm. Yeah, definitely get Cost out now just in case. Like even if you have to buy him back later, it it would be worth it then not having to sit on that. Yeah. Now for our weekly segment, Kevin, have you done anything? Oh my with your gosh! Yes. <laughs> Yes. No, I'm definitely playing my wild card. I don't. I, I don't like. I have no idea where it went wrong. I was really happy with my team like <laughs> two, three weeks ago, and then I'm just looking at it now, and it's just crap. Like I'm. I do not like my team at all, and it's. I don't know where it went wrong. So yeah, no, I'm. I'm playing the wild card. Yeah, and no, I definitely want to get Coutinho back in. He. I think he'll come back in strong. Um, 
Mane, you know, once Mane circles around too, I, I think he could start slow after coming back from African Cup of Nations, but yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I just don't, don't, don't take advice about fantasy from me. <laughs> so you said you're going to use your wild card though. So Absolutely. It's not like you have someone in mind to replace. No, they Adam all Costa. need replaced. <laughs> complete switch. Yeah. It's not good. Give them, give them the Bob Bradley treatment. You out. Yeah. Out. Pretty much. Ouch. How much is Coutinho right now? Is he a lot? <sighs> he was like, what do I want to say? Like 8.2? Um, Hold on, hold on, hold on. 8.2. I honestly, I think, 8.2? I think here's the other thing. When Coutinho comes back in, I think you're going to see a, a bigger output from Lallana as well because I think Lallana thrives when he's in the midfield. And with Coutinho and Mane being out, Lallana's been being pushed up in the front three. And he's, just, he's nowhere near as productive as he is when he's in the midfield. But with Coutinho coming back, I think that'll give Lallana the opportunity to drop back in that midfield three. And that could, that could see a lot of production from Lallana as well. Yeah, my issue is the only way I'm going to get Coutinho is if I trade Sanchez, and Sanchez is doing too good to trade right now. Like he got 11 points last yeah. week, so we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Find out on All the right. next episode of Mongols <laughs> Premier League Fantasy. Wrong show, Kev. Wrong no, show. Mongols Premier God. League Fantasy, Mike. The league is still called Mongols, right? Oh, the league is yeah. okay. Fine, that's fair. The, this is the 3PL show, Kevin. I know. If you missed the open. <laughs> Gosh. All right. To be fair, we don't hear the open. I so. know. We don't hear it until we listen to it the next day. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So lots of stuff going on. Um, as I mentioned, we got more, or maybe I didn't mention, there's a lot of crazy games coming up next week um, in that we have games this weekend, and then we have more midweek games next week, including... Liverpool versus Chelsea. So hopefully Liverpool can get healthy and figure it out and hopefully Costa sticks around so it's actually that grunge match. Not uh, Kevin shaking his head. No. no. Yeah. You don't want to <laughs> Okay, hold on. Hold on. Before we go any further, you don't want to see Liverpool go up against a Chelsea with Costa? No, I want points. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want points, Mike. Come on. It's not even a question. Chasing Spurs. I see how it is. All right. Chasing Spurs. Uh, all right. I'll take, next, next. I'll take 11 Contes versus Liverpool starting 11 if that means we get three points. <laughs> On that note, thanks again to everybody for listening. Thanks, Kevin Josh, for joining me to BS about the EPL. You can find more great, beautiful game podcasts over at bgn.fm. You can email us at 3pl at bgn.fm follow us on twitter at 3pl pod head over to itunes leave us a review if we read yours on air we'll send you something cool don't know what that is yet but we'll figure it out (laughs) otherwise like i said enjoy the next few days off with no games because next week we start having games every day it's going to be awesome uh as always talk to you very very soon cheers later this is the 3pl premier league podcast brought to you by the beautiful game network Find more great football, soccer, beautiful game podcasts at bgn.fm.